Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhez Omapete on SAFM. Songhez Omapete is here and waiting to take your calls on 891 This is leading the conversation and this is Health on Monday. Joining me in studio, but from Cape Town, is Mrs. Nondotuzelo Somdjala, Senior Scientist in the Burden of Disease Research Unit at the Medical Research Council and a member of the Ministerial Advisory Committee on the Prevention and Control of Cancer. Coach Somdjala, good evening. Good evening, Songezo, and good evening, the SAFM listeners. I am fine, thank you. And what about you? I couldn't be better. Thank you, Mamawa. Let's talk about, first of all, your public profile. You are a member of the Ministerial Committee on the Prevention and Control of Cancer, as from 2012 when the minister instituted that advisory committee. Tell us about its work, tell us about its mandate, and particularly its results in the seven years so far. Thank you, Songezo. That was the first initiative of the health minister, Dr. Mutualedi, when they realized that uh, cancer is one of the public health problems that need uh, urgent attention in South Africa. And I happened then to be one of the members of the first committee ever set in South Africa to look into the different aspects of cancer control but from the beginning what was important to set the stage in that committee was first of all to quantify the burden of the disease how much cancer do we have and from that period we've been concentrating on making sure that at least Cancer patients are being counted because that is the first challenge. If we do not know how much is the problem, we'll not be able to to to, to direct our intervention program. And in quantifying the burden of the disease or in counting how many patients of cancer do we have in a specific time. At a specific time, I mean, at a specific time, in a specific environment, we will not be able again to direct our intervention. Now, included in the counting, it is important also to be well versed or to know where are your patients coming from, because that is also important. So we have been working around this to see that at least in South Africa, we do have that kind of an activity. And fortunately, I am well-faced. I'm one of those who has already quantifying the cancer burden in a defined area, which is the former Transkei in the Eastern Cape. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, we... At least we know where is the problem and what is the problem so that we are able to intervene. Before we get there, Mama, let's talk about generally. South Africa's quadruple burden of disease can be 
defined as one, HIV and AIDS, two, trauma and violence, three, infant mortality and underdevelopment, and four, which is where cancer fits in, is chronic illness and or non-communicable diseases. You are particularly focusing on this last segment in this advisory committee and your research work. What are some of the broad facts that you can give us? Where does South Africa rank vis-a-vis the rest of the world against Africa, South Africa's problem with cancer, non-communicable diseases? Because I'm asking this question. The World Health Organization says chronic communicable diseases account for 60% of global deaths. And of that 60%, 80% occur in developing countries. This, to me, sounds like a catastrophe, a proper disaster. How would you respond? Um, We cannot run away from the fact that cancer is a global problem. At the beginning, we used to think that it is the problem of the other nations. But for now, it is a universal problem. Why is it like that? <clears throat> even though, sorry, even though in South Africa we still have some other challenges, including Africa, which include the communicable diseases, that is the infectious diseases, cancer is also coming in. Why is it like so? It is because we are in the verge of uh, of conquering the communicable diseases. And it means, therefore, that uh, the populations in South Africa, in Africa, and everywhere else are also now living for a longer period. Now, that means the longer one lives, the higher the chance of developing cancer. And sometimes in a, in a um, simple way, I always refer cancer to an old age disease. Now, it means that the population right around the, the, the world, that it means globally, there's a, a, an aging in the population, and there are also lifestyle changes. Now, one will realize the fact that because of mingling within the cultures, there is that Western type of life that now, even in Africa, we are living a Western type of lifestyle. And again, there are also environmental factors that may expose us to certain cancers. And over and above, especially in Africa, we also have the HIV infection, which also adds on to the risk factors, especially for certain cancers of cancer to be increasing in, in, in South Africa, in Africa, and in the world generally. Tell us about your research in the Transkei. You mentioned the fact that you are zoning in, particularly in that part of the country, in the Eastern Cape. What have your research what, what has your research yielded? Which is a common cancer in which community for most parts? And how did we come about to have that statistic? Uh, if I can uh, take you back a little bit uh, far from the, just a little bit of the history yes. of the cancer registry that I am heading in the Eastern Cape. 
Why is it in the Eastern Cape particularly started more than six decades? Uh, 1935, I think it was. The reason for that came, so, I mean, the reason for starting the registry was way back in the early 50s, a certain brilliant pathologist identified that there is cancer of esophagus cases that were increasing. And that was very fascinating because most of the patients that were seen in East London, that is in Fair Hospital, were coming from the former trans guy. And that started the tracking of these patients, where they are coming from, and the monitoring of the number of cancer patients that were coming from that area in particular. In that history, the South African Medical Research Council came in, and scientists from the Medical Research Council did a lot of wide range of research in trying to understand why are the people, particularly in a certain area in the East Cape, are developing this cancer of esophagus. But way back in 1998, when I joined the South African Medical Research Council, taking from that register, which was only monitoring the cancer of esophagus, I developed the registry to collect the information for all patients who are diagnosed with cancer and all age groups. And it means, therefore, from 1998 to today, we've got the information for all the patients that are diagnosed with cancer, but particularly in the area that is covered by the cancer registry, that is the Eastern Cape Cancer Registry, that is managed by the South African Medical Research Council. Mama, let's talk about the statistics. I'm looking at a document that is measuring the cancer burden. That's the title, South Africa's Cancer Burden, Measuring the Cancer Burden. African women are more likely to have cervical cancer than breast cancer, but the other population groups in this country all point towards breast cancer first. What is this particular distinction with African females more likely to get cervical cancer than the other population groups in this country? For instance, I'm asking that question because as it pertains to men, the cancer that they're most likely to get is prostate cancer. Why, in the context of this academic study, are black females an outlier? Um, Yes, cervical cancer is the most common cancer, especially with uh, black African women. It is associated with... uh, HPV infection. HPV infection then is the, in fact, the cervical cancer is one of the cancers that is associated with infection. Whereas we will understand that there are many factors that contributing to cancer. Cancer is also a very complicated disease. You cannot point at one um, cause. It is usually a combination of many factors. But particularly with cervical cancer, the specific cause is the infection, which is HPV infection.
every woman, the, every woman who is still sex, uh, sexual active has a chance to be exposed to HPV infection, but it, 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 it resolves on its own. But as time goes on, a repeated exposure to HPV infection can uh, expose to a woman to developing the cancer of cervix. Now, the other factor that also contributes to to the increase of the cervical cancer is the HIV infection. Now, how does it come in the in the play? When one is HIV positive, it means the immunity is compromised. It means your body is not well fortified or is not very strong enough to fight the minor um, infections that you would overcome if you were normal. Now, if, for instance, you are HIV positive and you also exposed in HPV infection, that is the infection that every woman who is still sexually active is exposed to. The chances are with a woman who is HIV positive, that HPV infection does not resolve, and it means it, it, it progresses into developing the cancer of cells. Again, those who are not HIV positive, the problem with them developing the cancer of cervix is it is the repeated exposure to that HPV. And who brings the HPV infection? It is the men. And that goes back to the fact that if the men can control their behavior, it would mean that the HPV, inf- I mean, women will also be protected from repeated infections of HPV. We're taking your call. Well, Thank you so what much. Does that oh, sorry. Mean? Yes, sorry, it sorry, means carry on. Then there is a, a, I mean, it is very, I mean, it is necessary that if you are still sexual active, um, practice a protected sexual intercourse. That means you use a condom, and then you will be decreasing your chances of contacting or being infected by the HPV infection, and which the repeated infection would proceed to initiating the cancer. Hence, we do have a lot of physical cancer in women in the Eastern Cape. Thank you so much, Mama Samjala. Stay on the line. We are opening lines now. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, give us a call. This is something that affects all South Africans. This is a very erudite scholar in science, particularly cancer research, in the Burden of Disease Research Unit at the Medical Research Council, Mamanondo Tuzelosomkiala, who is very shortly going to be graduating with her PhD at Tampere University in Finland. We're in conversation talking about cancer in South Africa and what contributes to it becoming a crisis and what makes it grow rapidly among South African population. We'll also touch on the shortages of specialists and the challenges that are faced by the researchers in the field. The number to call is 0891-104-207. We've got all but 10 minutes with Mama Som Jala. So if you are going to give us a call, which we strongly encourage, or drop us a WhatsApp voice note on 0614-104-107. Keep it short, precise, and to the point. And from Bulugwane, we have Kucho. Kucho? 
Hello, Sonyozo. Um, you know what, since you say I'm not very good in shortening things, but I'll try by all means to be very short. <laughs> you see, <laughs> I'm very much man. concerned. Yeah, I'm a professional, I'm a phytotherapist. Uh, so I'm very much concerned because also in I've lost, I've just lost a friend's wife who died of cancer. And if I may tell you how much these people have paid, being promised that things will be fine and stuff like that, it's appalling, to be honest with you. In the South African society, I feel we need education because I believe prevention is better than cure. Because if you check the treatment on any type of cancer, I'm telling you, not any average, even those people who are rich, actually they end up uh, um, having nothing at the end of the day and the patient actually dies. Prevention will be the key. And, you know, people don't know as much as we don't really know what is causing cancer. But mostly it's also the food that we are eating at the present moment in South Africa. We eat a lot of junk food. Just check at what is being sold at our schools. Check what is being sold in different shops that I wouldn't name. These shops, if you find them in, in urban areas and stuff like that, where people are a bit educated, you will never find there is, is the same name of the shop, but you won't find the product that are sold somewhere in Venda or somewhere in the village in Pulukwan. Check on, you know, all these things. And people tell you it's very expensive. The Department of Education is the one that is not doing maybe the full job because even the people in the health industry, they themselves who are in the health industry. Check the food that they eat. A whole lot of things. And you know, the last point, Song, is I would like to say, the South African government does not promote complementary medicine, which is something that was going to help a lot of South Africans to prevent this uh, 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 type of disease that is really killing our fellow South Africans. Thank you, Mama. Thank you so much. That's Mama Kucha from Pulukwane. From KZN, we have Daniel. Daniel, shoot. Uh, good afternoon, sir. Uh, Evening. Thanks for taking my call. I just want uh, a bit concerned. My late dad died with cancer at the age of 64, and my eldest sister died with cancer at the age of 52. I just want to know, is it sort of hereditary, or we got to be a bit concerned the rest of the siblings? Okay, thank you so much. Short and sweet. Mama Somjela, do you want to respond? Thank you so much, Daniel. That's Daniel in KZN. Mama, let's just quickly respond to Daniel quickly, whether or not cancer is hereditary and whether or not they should have concerns before we go back to Kucho. Uh, We've got different cancers. Some have got that tendency of heredity where the genes are implicated. Uh, for an example, if I can mention that is the breast, breast cancer, uh, the genes are very implicated. It is possible, for instance, if a, a mom has breast cancer, that her daughters also have got a chance of having the breast cancer. But generally, the genes are implicated in cancer. But at the same time, also combining the comment that was made by the previous lady who made a comment that there are other factors, for instance, the diet, um, your lifestyle, and also many other factors that are coming into 
that that are contributing to increasing what, I mean the risk of cancer. Uh, it simply means that therefore it's important that one balances the life. Eat good diet, and the good diet is if we remember. I always feel that the basics, the old ways of uh, growing the food, for instance. In the olden days, our great-grandfathers were eating food that they were growing fresh food from the soil, and they were growing the, the, the food themselves, and vegetables, they were fruit from the garden without being exposed to many chemicals. I think those kind of style were better than today when we eating things that have been preserved with many chemicals, that we really don't know how do they uh, mix with our system if our system is really um, is is happy with all those with all those chemicals and uh, we also have um, we and uh, and there is um, again if for instance one is uh, has got a history in the family of cancer, even though not all cancers can be also associated with heredity. But if you do have the history, it is important for one to consult your doctor. And, I mean, and um, you, you share with your doctor what type of cancers are common in your, in your family. And then the doctor will know that the, which type of cancers are related to 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 the heredity and then one will be advised what best to do so that if i mean to 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 monitor your your health so that if anything can happen can be picked up at a very early stage because it's one of the important things that we have to be aware of well if you develop cancer the chances are better if it is detected early Mama, and again, me... to add on to the lady who, has, uh, who made a comment, the prevention, 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 because treatment is quite expensive. No one really can afford to pay the treatment, but we can prevent if we can go back to basics. Eat, I mean, good food, balance, physical activity, uh, make sure that you do exercises, and with the exercises, people always think that if you have to do exercise, you have to go to the gym. No. You work, I mean, doing the chores in your house, um, cleaning, doing your, I mean, lifting your own stuff around, and walking. Even when you park the car, you don't park the car next to the place where you're going to. You just uh, teach yourself or make it a habit to walk a little bit of a distance, and generally the physical activity also is very important. Something which is really left with the present uh, communities now, because we're doing a lot of uh, work sitting down, and we really walk, and yet walking is very important. And sometimes you can also have uh, set up the walk with a friend and make sure that you, you comply Maybe certain days you know that we'll be walking at least half an hour walking makes a difference.
Okay, you've pretty much answered what would have been my next question, and that is the role that one's lifestyle changes can address some of the sort of prevention discussion that we are having through Mama Kucho's call and what you have just recently submitted. But let's talk about the challenges that are faced by the healthcare system in South Africa, and we've got all of two very short minutes. There are 30, according to Raymond Abret, the chairperson of the South African Society of Clinical and Radiation Oncology, 38 radiation oncologists in public hospitals, in nine provinces, 38, and 147 in private sector. So this country has got, what, 150 plus another 40, 190 people who are radiation oncologists in the entire population of 55, 4, 6 million. That's a serious problem, isn't it? Resources, it's a very essentially. Serious problem. And uh, you will find that even the limited resources we have are concentrated in the urban areas. There is still a big disparity between rural and urban. The more stuff you will find in the urban areas, and you will find absolutely nothing in the rural areas. And that means that even for a patient who is from a rural area, has to travel many kilometers to get the treatment. And now you can imagine that if, for instance, that one machine in a hospital, for instance, in a, in a hospital, making an example of the area that I am used to and the area where I'm working in, patients, they travel as far away as from Pizana and the city city, which is more than 600 kilometers, to go to Frey Hospital to that one machine. And yet again, around a free hospital, that is in East London and surrounding areas, there are also patients. Now you find that even those machines that are in the urban area are overstretched. As a result, their lifespan is really shortened. So we need sort of to look at increasing our resources so that we are able to win this battle of cancer. But again... We emphasize on education and prevention. There are cancers that we can prevent. For instance, the the infection-related cancers we can prevent if we can just be smart. And also, we can also prevent the um, lung cancer, for instance, by not smoking. But again, I must commend the South African government who joined the global world in intervention to smoking in public. And at least smoking is, a, is, is controlled. That was the first step, and that was a very important step that was taken by the global world in trying to prevent the lung cancer, which has been identified to be mm. caused by smoking. So if we can be, if we can be aware or if we can engage the communities to be aware of the risk factors and we reduce the risk factors in our life, then we can reduce the cancer. Mama Samjala, thank you so much for your insights, your thoughts, your experience, and more importantly, thank you so much for your love and dedication to the people of South Africa and the great work you have been doing at the MRC, that's the Medical Research Council, for the best part of 20 years. Nondotuzelo Somdiala, Senior Scientist in the Burden of Disease Research Unit at the MRC, as well as Ministerial Advisory Committee Member on the Prevention of Control and Cancer. It's time for the paper, which is our daily soapy, but after this break...